If you guys could redesign anything in the world, what would you, uh, what would it be? I would redesign rainbows and unicorns so I could extract more profit from them. Hey, don't hit on unicorns just because they choose to be invisible to you. Wherever and whenever you are, welcome to the final episode for 2011 of Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. I am Robert Bruce, and I am distinctly honored to be joined today by the irrepressible, the undeniable, the irresponsibly intelligent Sonia Simone and Brian Clark of Copyblogger Media. Guys, we're going to be talking about design and redesign, but we're not coming at this from a designer's perspective, but from a conversion and overall business perspective. A couple of weeks ago, we redesigned copyblogger.com. Why do we do it? Well, you know, and, and I will say that Rafal did an incredibly beautiful job on the actual design aspect of it. Of course, he always does, but I think he even outdid himself uh, this time. At least that's my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. But from a business perspective, it was time. Uh, we're, we're coming up on six years since I started Copyblogger in January of 2006. And during that time, we started as a blog that launched essentially a new product line of business every year um, until we got to 2010, where we merged all the companies together uh, that I was involved in, swapped out one for, and Brian Gardner came on with Studio Press, and that was the beginning of Copyblogger Media. At that point is when I wanted to do this redesign, but it was too soon because we had not yet released Premise, which was the third part of you know our online marketing trinity, as I like to call it. So it's been you know planned for quite a while, but the, essentially we we were a blog that launched businesses, and now we are a business that is powered by a blog. And I think the site needed to reflect that fact because there were just tons of people who subscribed to Copyblogger who just didn't really get what we would do, you know, and of course we would mention our products in the content stream um, and we'd get comments like, oh, I didn't know you guys did this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We, yeah. we clearly had a, a marketing problem as a company because a lot of people who visited the site and or uh, subscribed to Copyblogger just didn't really have an idea of what we actually did as a company. And our products obviously are very tightly integrated with what we teach. You know, our philosophy is we're educating you for free so that you can, you know, get the benefit, most benefit out of our tools. So that was the business reason behind the redesign. And like I said, it'd been, you know, at least a year coming. Yeah, that's the overall goal. Do you want to talk before we get into kind of what's the the early verdict here on some of these changes? Do you want to talk about any specific sub goals that we had? Yeah, the the number one goal, uh, as I kind of alluded to in the overall purpose, was awareness awareness of what Copyblogger Media does as a company, um, and that kind of fueled every element from the homepage to the new post pages to the way we assembled our landing pages, et cetera. So number one was awareness. You can't buy a product if you don't know that it exists. Um, number two was to increase traffic to our product sites. And number three was to continue building our 
email newsletter list for internet marketing for smart people because the, the course had been doing very well. We'd tried various things over the previous year, including this radio show of bringing attention to the free 20-part course. And we also tried some other strategies where we had an under-post box that uh, was a teaser for the landing page for the course. And that had worked well, and I wanted to see if we could do even better with that. So really, those are the three goals. Awareness of products, more traffic to product sites, and more signups for internet marketing for smart people. All right. So let's move on then to, and this is still early days, but uh, what's the what's the early verdict? Are you willing to share any specific stats on how some of those things have been working out? Yeah, sure. Just anecdotally, uh, a lot of the feedback that we've gotten uh, on the site, you know, through comments, through Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, has been even more positive than I thought it would be. Um, I, I think mainly from a lot of people, because they are marketers, they're interested in what we do as much as what we say and, and the reason behind it. And that's, of course, why we're doing this show. So I thought I'd get more complaints because people sometimes don't like change. Uh, very, very minor in that regard. Some people didn't like, you know, because essentially here's the gist of the matter. The content experience with Copyblogger for the vast majority of people has not changed at all. In fact, some people out there don't know we've even redesigned the site, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they read by RSS or they read by email. And you don't have to visit the site if you don't want to. If you don't want to leave a comment or, or you know, browse the archives or whatever. So if you choose, you know, most of our 155,000 subscribers are basically uh, the content experience hasn't changed. From a social media standpoint, people come to Copyblogger from Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus to content pages. That's what gets shared, you know, by overwhelmingly vast majority. Uh, people are sharing, you know, posts. They're sharing uh, our tutorials. They're not just saying, "Oh, go check out Copyblogger and link you to the homepage." That happens occasionally, but very rare in the grand scheme of things. And then finally, the the only couple of comments I got was, "Well, I like to go to the homepage and just see what's going on," you know. And they weren't really complaints because they would sound kind of silly, you know, um, like update your bookmark to blog. You know, we, <laughs> we, we did, we didn't take anything away. We, we, did, we moved what would have been the old homepage layout to a new page, brand new called blog. It's in the top navigation. Um, it's actually more extensive than the old homepage was as far as the number of posts that are displayed because you can do that when it's not your homepage. Um, so number one for me was you are not, we're not changing anything about delivering the content that we do. In fact, we're delivering more content in more formats than ever before in history. And I'm very proud of that six years later. We also have to do what makes sense as a business. And I think everyone who's listening to this is interested in in strategies and, and tactics that make sense for the business. So that being said, the content experience was still sacred. I think we managed to preserve that. The number one goal of awareness of the products, absolute home run. Um, you can't miss them, really. And again, yeah, it's really the, the evolution of, of you know, both the site and us as a company. If you recall, you know, someone we've always looked to um, as inspiration, 37 Signals started off as a design firm with a blog. 
that turned into a very popular blog that turned into a software company. Our homepage doesn't really look like the 37signals homepage other than the placement of the, of the product lines, right? I think they have four. We've got three up there. That, I, I think that's just a no-brainer. I don't see that as copying anyone because what alternative really is there uh, if you really want to create awareness of, hey, this is what we do, right? Um, because a lot of people will come in to a content page to comment or from Twitter or however they come in, and then they just click to the homepage to see what's going on. So it's an ancillary exposure that I think is beneficial for everyone because, again, the, the products are tightly integrated into what people come to Copyblogger for in the first place. That was a no-brainer. I didn't really have any doubts about that. The interesting thing I wanted to see, and, and we've waited to have this show until I could get some meaningful feedback, but um, traffic to the product sites from Copyblogger has gone up 30%, and it didn't gradually happen. It happened the day <laughs> the new redesign Pretty amazing, um, started, right? yeah, and has continued since that time. It's, it's amazing. What's even more amazing is because I'm, I'm not really worried about conversion at this point. Again, awareness and traffic gets people aware that the products are there, they're from us, and here's what they do, here's the features, here's the benefits, all that kind of good stuff. But the amazing thing is that the conversion rate has stayed the same. So what does that mean? That means more traffic, same rate of conversion, more conversion, more sales. So that, to me, was a pleasant surprise. I would have been fine if that didn't happen right away. Uh, other interesting statistics, bounce rate stayed the same, and time on site for premise went up four seconds and for scribe went down one second. So basically, everything has stayed the same except there's more people there, which is nothing but a, uh, a positive outcome. I think that one of the one of the things this redesign can show people and can teach people is that evolution from your primary identity being a blog to your primary identity being a business and it's just something I've I've seen a lot of people talking about I've been talking about a lot in you know uh, whether it's social media conversations or when I go out and give a talk I think that blogs in general We've come to a, an evolution in our understanding that, you know, there's nothing wrong with a blog that's just a blog. That's great if your goal is self-expression or your goal is, you know, to let the world know, you know, what your cat had for breakfast. That's, that's fine. Go for it. But the idea, how can I make money with my blog, has kind of fallen away as we've started to understand that the question is, how can I support my business with my blog? How can I make money with my business and use my blog to help out with that? And so this is a very natural evolution. I think if we had tried this, Brian, what, what would you say? If we tried this two or three years ago, I think it would have freaked people out. Yeah, and it really wouldn't have worked just because of the strange way that, you know, all these lines of businesses were, were created, you know. But Copyblogger was mine and it was a launch platform it was not the business, right? The very first year, Chris Pearson and I launched Tutorial, which was a video site that was kind of riding the wave of the excitement about YouTube that was pre-Google acquisition. In six months, we sold it for six figures. Pearson disappeared for a while and had fun. And <laughs> you know, then I moved forward and 
partnered with Tony Clark in 2007 to launch Teaching Cells. Uh, in 2008, Pearson showed back up, said, I need money. We launched DIY Themes. 2009, Sean Jackson and I launched Scribe. 2010 was really the big consolidation year, right? So we've got Scribe, premises in development. I leave DIY Themes. Gardner comes over with Studio Press. And again, that was basically my philosophical differences about what a theme framework should be. Um, and I think it worked out well for everyone. We're all still friends. Everyone's doing their thing. Anyway, so at that point, you had a consolidation of all these individual businesses that I had launched off the blog, which again, it's a platform. It wasn't the business. We had four different businesses. Then you merge them together. We've got one company. The blog comes into the company. And then all of a sudden, you realize, I've got a completely different animal here. Yeah. But that's exactly what I wanted because I knew that once I had this team and the platform integrated with the products, then we could really start getting ambitious, which I know that drives some people crazy because you're like, wait, you haven't gotten ambitious yet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is what I do. I don't have hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it wouldn't have worked logistically or probably even perhaps from a community standpoint because we were so heavily identified with blogging. But again, 37 Signals did it three years ago. So yeah. how's the conversion looking on the Internet Marketing for Smart People course? Yeah, so that was the third primary objective. And Again, we, we started the radio show and, and kind of tied it together with the course because we talk about things that are relevant to the course. And the course, of course, is comprehensive and better organized and free and all that good stuff. So we really started to see an increase in subscribers a year ago. And then um, I experimented with um, removing the Genesis box, as we call it, from underneath each post. It, it said, this copy blogger runs on Genesis. There's another one there now. And I replaced it with an inter a teaser for internet marketing for smart people that drove people to the landing page. And that boosted subscriptions dramatically. I mean, we started seeing dramatic growth in subscribers between the two strategies. And so, you know, again, I'd been planning a new homepage for product awareness and traffic for quite a while. And somewhere along the lines, I said, you know, the second part of that page should be the signup. I wonder if that would work as well as under post or better, because that allowed me to then go back and, you know, advertise our, one of our flagship you know, products, which is Genesis. Obviously, that copy blogger runs on the Genesis framework. So that was the thinking behind the experiment. And for the first two weeks, uh, conversions that were already enhanced from the prime previous strategy went up 92%. And uh, it's leveled off to a, right around 50 now. Hmm. So it, it's not only performing better than the last approach, but it's performing substantially better. Yeah. Because again, you think you know, this is a good way to think for anyone out there. You think everyone is aware of what you're doing or what you sell or what you offer from great free stuff to great paid products, but they don't, you know, they don't know. It's, 
we battle for attention just to get our content viewed, um, the stuff that's circling your content often gets ignored. Um, so you have to try different things in order to just make people who are interested. You know, it's not that they're not interested. They just literally don't see because, yeah. 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 I mean, Sonia, you may want to expand on that because we like to think everyone pays attention to our every word, but we're, we're, we've been at this too long to know, <laughs> we know better than that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've sort of said to myself, well, I don't know if I should say this again because geez, I've said this like 20 times. People are going to get annoyed with me. And then you sort of put it out there and people say, whoa, that's amazing. I had no idea. And you're like, I've seen a comment from you every day for a year and you didn't know that. Like, but <laughs> yeah. you know, we, even we your assume, most engaged people, they, you know, yeah, can't take for stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's just the nature of the world we live in. We've got a lot of messages. And so we need to not be afraid to, but you know, the other lesson I think running through that is you can definitely look at what somebody else is doing and say, Hey, that's cool. I'm going to try it out. But like, nobody can tell you, here's how to present your business to the public on the web. I mean, we can give you best practices or ideas at work, but you got to try some stuff, you know? So I think a lot of people hang back and they, they try and think, well, I'm going to wait until, you know, I take this course or I get that piece of advice or I hire a consultant to tell me the perfect way to set it up. That's exactly why WordPress is such a smart framework for a business website, because it lets you try stuff and tweak stuff and, you know, experiment with your navigation, you know, your navigation, experiment with your, what's going on on your homepage, experiment with um, where you're putting calls to action and keep kind of moving stuff around and watch what happens rather than thinking, well, there's some one perfect way to do it and I'm going to wait to find that out or I'm going to hire a web designer to build me a static HTML site for five grand that's going to cost me 500 bucks every time I make a change. I mean, that's where most businesses are, even in 2011. That's a good point about the flexibility of WordPress because going back to your earlier comment, three years ago, if you came out with a homepage like that, like this, I mean, a lot of people were kind of floored by it because, again, Rafal did such a great job and it, it's certainly a different approach. But I don't even know if it would be possible three years ago, but it would have freaked people out. But you know, really WordPress has evolved way beyond blogging software. We build all our sites, you know, on WordPress and Genesis. We can build anything with it at this point. And I think really, we're really just getting started with what we can actually do to make it more flexible um, and more integrated to where you don't have conflict between various plugins, you know, or worry about the fact that this great free plugin that a developer release for free is going to break and be unsupported in six months because he got all the links he wanted and doesn't care anymore. WordPress has come a long way. That's in part to the core developers that make the underlying product, but also I think the evolution and, and mature maturity of, of the premium marketplace where people yeah. are seeing true needs as real publishers and, and, and providing solutions. Yeah. All right. I want to get into the why of some of the specific elements of this redesign. Go step by step through uh, down the homepage and talk about what uh, these things are and why we chose to do them and present them the way we are. But before we do that, there's something else you should care about, something else you should know. This, this show is brought to you by Internet Marketing for Smart People, which is the premier 
online marketing course that is delivered straight to your email inbox. This course takes the best of Copyblogger and systematically structures it for maximum understanding and chewability. Sonia, <laughs> you wrote an amazing lesson that drops in at uh, number 17 for this course. And that lesson asks the question, what kind of race are you running? You give us a brief preview of that lesson and just a little taste of what folks can expect when they sign up for this course. Yeah. And that came out of me sort of wandering around this space of people who market their business online and in many cases run and deliver their entire business online. And there's kind of two flavors. You know, there's sprinters and there's marathoners. So that's what kind of race are you running? Um, and you can fit physical world, a little grocery store, you know, it opens up every week, you know, Monday through Saturday, or a Halloween store that's only open, they open, you know, four weeks before Halloween, and they stay, and they stay open until October 31st, and then they close. And so some, and, and the online world makes this a much more workable business model. So, you know, there's the business like Copyblogger. We're open, you know, 365 days a year. We have products available and for sale all the time. We're always bringing in new people. It's very kind of a steady day in, day out, what you might call a traditional business. There are also people who are in the game more for short bursts. And so this is what you, what's sometimes called the launch model. Although launches, you know, are good tools for, for both kinds of business. But it may be in your business that you want to work your tail off, you know, four months a year. And in trust me, you're going to, you know, just about kill yourself that four months. It's not like, oh, I'm going to send out three emails and then, you know, go back to the Lamborghini. I mean, it's work. But some people like to sort of put their whole, this is a little bit of the four-hour workweek concept. You bundle your work, you do it in intense, brief periods of, of focused activity, and then you take long breaks. And so, you know, you kind of need to know about yourself. Do you want to be a marathoner? Do you want to show up every day? Or do you want to be a sprinter? Um, and some of the things that the lesson talks about is each one of those types can learn from the other and can make your business better and more actually more enjoyable. So that's kind of so, that lesson in a nutshell. Sonia, you need to write the four month work year because it's, it's actually, like we it. know people who do that. I don't know anyone who works four hours a week. Sorry, Tim. Including, including Tim Ferriss. <laughs> Especially Tim Ferriss. Tim works harder than all of us and that's saying something. I mean, <laughs> and, she'll so, be the, yeah. and she'll be the first to tell you. <laughs> the four-month work year. Four month I work like year. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, if you guys want to get on the bus here and uh, pick up this course, this free 20-part course, which is sounds like is soon to be a 21-part course, and uh, <laughs> get the rest of what's waiting for you there, just head on over to copyblogger.com, scroll down to the middle of our brand-new homepage where you'll see the headline, Grab Our Free 20-Part Internet Marketing Course. Drop your email address into the little box there, and we are going to take care of the rest. Okay, guys, let's get into the why of this new homepage and uh, look specifically at each element. We did a basic overview of the homepage, all the, the different parts of it. So let's just start, and let's get uh, granular here. Let's start with the nav bar. Yeah, so we, we went with a much more streamlined top navigation bar 
Um, over the years of Copyblogger, it has been much larger and it always had a red accent. The feedback from my wife was, oh, that's too radical to take away the red bar. Of course, she <laughs> red's her favorite color. So I'm like, yeah, we're getting rid of that. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, I just, you know, there's, a, there's an evolution that's probably going to continue here. So this is actually a baby step because, you know, it's not like we changed the color scheme or something radical like that. And we, so we made a thinner top nav. Um, the navigation itself adds the, the new blog page. I think some people got the wrong impression because we made it after about in software. But again, this is an evolution as a business. The, the blog itself has more content than ever. So below that, um, and we've well, kind of talked about the reason why's here, but you know, to, to me, anyone who's been following Copyblogger understands completely why you have that top line headline. I mean, we preach headlines more than anyone. And yet all this time when we were a bloggy blog looking site, <laughs> you know, we never had basically a top line headline statement of what the business actually offers. That is one big headline you are not going to miss. Absolutely. That's kind of the idea. And then of course the three product lines design, traffic, and conversion with the corresponding product. You know they're there. You can't miss them. Right. Click-through traffic has shown that uh, traffic has jumped substantially from the site overall. Now, we, we did not break down homepage versus interior pages because we do have we'll, – we'll talk about that in a second. So we're, we're only tracking at this point overall traffic from Copyblogger to the product sites, which is really all we care about because we're not necessarily concerned with – where you come from, as long as Copyblogger is doing a better job of making you aware of the products. So you, you can jump off there on one or more visits to the homepage. If not, you, you scroll down and you're like, well, where's some content? Again, with our goals, uh, n- not only is the free 20-part course incredibly valuable, incredibly you know, well-regarded. We get a lot of nice feedback. I know, Sonia, you get it directly. People email you and tell you how much they're getting out of it. So corresponding between our business goals and, and actually providing organized, cohesive, and comprehensive head start in internet marketing. Because again, when you're a blog and you've got reverse chronological ordering, which is typical, you don't know where people are jumping in. Yeah. And we've seen this over the years over and over again. Um, where people are like, I don't get this because I don't know, you know, and even though we cross link, a lot of people won't follow the links, you know? So the original thinking behind designing the course was what do you need to know so we can teach you more? Right. Right. And, um, so that there was to me a perfect congruency on the homepage between value for people and, and something that's one of our business goals, which is to, have more people educated with the fundamentals um, so that we can actually teach them more. And hopefully, you know, you, you, you're in a position to use our products at that point. So that was the idea behind putting the, the course second as opposed to the next section, which are the Copyblogger tutorials. If you remember the old design, they, for the first time, they had moved into the classic red bar that was always in the header. So instead of just a design element, that red bar was designed to draw attention to 
our tutorials. You know, we have a 10 part copywriting 101. I think what content marketing Sonia is seven yeah. parts. We've got the 28 page SEO copywriting report and a new tutorial on email marketing. You know, so anyway, these are our cornerstone content. That's literally what we call it. It's the foundational elements uh, about what the site is about. And this is in addition to the 20 part um, course that kind of brings it all together. So despite the emphasis on products, the homepage is, is not only still emphasizing content, it's doing it in my opinion in a, and this is at least what I was trying to accomplish in a way that says, Hey, if you're kind of scattered about what in the world all this is about here, you can follow this kind of a path to get yourself with a fundamental body of knowledge so that some of our more advanced topics all of a sudden make sense to you. So that was the idea behind positioning tutorials after the course. So if you're already signed up for the course, but you need a refresher, say on keyword research, right, or, or landing pages, then it's right there, easily accessible. Uh, at this point, there's no opt-in required for any of those tutorials. So it's just all out there and freely available. And then finally below that is, is where we feature the latest articles from the blog under the heading online marketing advice. I don't know if anyone noticed this other than you guys, but you know, the homepage that launched on day one was changed by day two. Right. Several so, times. <laughs> several times, right. <laughs> Poor Rafal, man. I drive him crazy. <laughs> he likes to he likes to brag about how many revisions Clark gave him, you know, on various <laughs> sites. Premise was the all time leader. Yeah, I think he almost quit. It's a badge but, of honor, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was a, there was this uh, featured content area and then below it there were some more they were vertical recent content and we had broken it into popular articles and and regular. And I was just like, oh, this is a disaster. It seemed like a good idea. And this is a great thing about not being tied to your design ideas, at at least for me, because it it seems like a good idea. And then I see it. And then I start thinking about it in the context of of our audience. And I'm like, this is not good. This is just confusing. So we scaled it down just to the the five most recent featured articles uh, from the blog. And then, uh, which has automatic um, navigation, but also manual navigation on each side. And then at the bottom, the link to more recent articles takes you directly to the blog. So basically, it's not a long scrolling page, but it basically covers with just a few strokes of the finger on the trackpad, you can pretty much get the best of the best. You can get the most current content, you can get the course if you haven't started it yet, and you can get the at least there's what two books worth of content there under the tutorials. I think yeah. at least, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We we talked about this before. I think it was a few weeks ago about, um, and this is re- in regard specifically to the top navigation bar. You'll see links there to Facebook, Twitter, and uh, our RSS um, feed, but those things are a lot less prominent. Our social networking. Um, outposts are a lot less prominent than they used to be. Right. Uh, probably the biggest change there is, and again, that is uniform throughout the site. Um, but the biggest change where you, it makes a difference, I think, is when you talk about the, um, 
the interior post pages. Yeah. Let's do that. And for folks listening, if you're, if you're on copy blogger right now, um, if you go up to that top nav, uh, bar, you just click blog and let's, uh, yeah, let's go over some of the elements here. The top navigation bar, like you said, is the same on these interior pages, but right. uh, we see something very different. It's a, it's a, it's a different take from the homepage and the next, uh, the next section down our WordPress solutions. Yeah. I would not want to dominate content pages or even the blog page with, you know, that big headline in the products. I mean, I could see uh, perhaps a less elegant marketer doing that, um, but I just thought it was obnoxious. So what we did was create a, again, Rafal did a fantastic job. Um, it, it's essentially kind of a unique sub-navigation um, that has the text, our WordPress solutions offset from below the copy blogger logo with an arrow, and again, it points simply at, at buttons that say design, traffic, and conversion with the respective product logos, or I guess they're actually the um, icons. The that icon, the yeah, the favicon. Favicon, right. <laughs> that, it's kind of like uh, that approach to it. So it's there, again, it's creating awareness, but it is very unobtrusive um, compared to other approaches. And from there, then it, it starts to look like the old um, blog and post pages, except I, I think it's much more elegant. Rafal really gets, Rafal should be on the show, you know. Yeah, well, we're so, gonna, he's so cool. humble that, you know, he just, he wouldn't say anything. We'll, so. we'll talk to him, uh, if I can drag him on here, we'll talk to him about specific, you know, design elements from the design perspective. But yeah. this is, yeah, right now we want to we cover the, the business stuff. And it, one thing I'll notice here is, you know, for folks who've said, well, uh, maybe content is now taking a back seat on Copyblogger, totally untrue um, for a number of reasons that you've already covered. But when you hit this blog page, we've increased the number of posts that are immediately available to anybody. And, and, and more than that, the individual post pages themselves, when you're actually reading a post, it's so much more user-friendly the sidebar is less distracting. Um, you do have a new approach to the um, general opt-in to the blog at the top of the right-hand side. And, and again, that's just critical. Um, the positioning of that is perfect for eye tracking, the way you scan a headline from left to right. Your eye is drawn to the yellow. You've got you know the social proof that we have a lot of people who are subscribed to Copyblogger. Uh, I really like this concept with what that Rafal pulled off um, because I only gave him minimal instruction, but I said, basically, generally, this is what I want. And he just, magic, it's there. But I really like what he did. So it's got that yellow part um, with the arrow above the actual opt-in box where it says free update. So it's similar to what we had before as far as the way it operationally works. But uh, the yellow, it's interesting because a long time ago we had a yellow sticky. That was part of the original copyblogger design way back. Yeah. And this is a different take on it, but it serves the same function. It's, it's an eye magnet and it contains an important message. Um, it used to say the tagline. Now it really just kind of reflects that, you know, we've been putting out good stuff for six years and that's why 155,000 people or more now. <laughs> One thing, um, we made that number static because uh, we switched from feed burner to feed blitz. 
and it doesn't work exactly the same way that we had it coded before. And I was just like, you know, I'm not really worried about it. Just put over. And if it's substantially higher at some point, we'll change it. I used to obsess about that number being real time. But I think we've earned the right at this point. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I'm getting lazy, but I don't I don't think so. I think I think it it serves its intended purpose. So Yeah, and I, I think a lot of site owners will get stuck with that where they have a live ticker. And then, you know, feed burner or whatever your provider is goes down and then all of a sudden you have zero readers and it's just, so it's. Yeah, that that can, that can be maddening. And it started happening all the time with feed burner, not the reason we moved, but one, you know, it certainly doesn't help. (laughs) Um, So. Yeah. Under that, we've got basic search form and an easy link, you know, go back to the archives. It takes you back to an archive page. But then we see the tutorials, those um, top-end pillar content uh, tutorials uh, show up again in that sidebar. Yeah. So we made the search box easier to find. Um, Before it was a little bit uh, lower down the sidebar and people would complain that they'd accidentally try to search in the email form. I, I do that sometimes. Do you really? I used to have problems with that. The, the way it's designed now, I would hope that would be impossible, but who knows? But I, I <laughs> you know, it's it's right there for you. Um, and archives used to be a top level navigation, um, if you recall. And once we added blog to the top level navigation, um, I that was enough. I didn't want anything else up there. So you know, usability wise, archives being featured directly under the search box seems to be congruent to me. You know, um, it's, it's actually a different way to search by category and date instead of by keyword. So I thought that was logically congruent And And then, yeah, right, Robert, the, um, so you'll see the tutorials from the homepage featured in a prominent spot on the, uh, sidebar, which is the way they used to be way back before we put them uh, in the red bar on the top navigation. I thought when you feature them on the home page, that uh, putting them in a prominent place on the sidebar, the combination of that is probably more apparent to people than just the one location in the red sidebar. So that was my thinking there. Yeah, the uh, and then we see the our old faithful, this hasn't changed much, if at all, the popular articles underneath tutorials. Right. So really, I think they end up about the same spot in the sidebar. But what we took away, which you alluded to earlier, was we had our Twitter account, you know, with a link to Twitter. And then below that, we had give us a like on Facebook. Both of those um, social media mechanisms sent people away from the site. Now, you know, I think it was useful. I, I... I kept it that way because I thought it increased, you know, Twitter followers and and Facebook likes, which is something that I wanted to take a look at. I remember Sean Jackson, our S- uh, uh, CFO, God, SFO, yeah, SFO, yes, yeah. flying into San Francisco as. The <laughs> Anyway, so he expressed concern. He's like, oh, isn't that going to kill, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. But it was Derek Halpern who I'll give credit to. He's like, Clark, you know how he talks. So. <laughs> Clark, you got to take off that crap under your, under your email me. opt-in. You're killing me over here. You're sending your traffic off. What are you doing? 
Literally, that's what he said. Um, there were probably more swear words, but yeah. Yeah, that might have been a few. Um, that was a pretty bad New Jersey accent, too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I was like, yeah, I know you're right. So I was like, well, when we do the redesign, we're going to take them down, see what happens. So not only do I think the sidebar is just so much cleaner and more usable, uh, but Twitter followers have, are, are joining at the same rate. And Facebook likes are pretty much the same too. It, it doesn't have any effect because when you think about it, your Twitter strategy for followers should come on Twitter. You're providing value on Twitter. So we upped our content sharing on Twitter, mainly of other people's stuff, not ours. We're, we're, only, we're producing the same amount of content yeah. ourselves. So we've upped the amount of content that we're sharing because people follow you when they see you mentioned in someone's someone else's stream that they already follow. That's the best way to get Twitter followers, not from your sidebar. Now, doing periodic, during the early days of Twitter, I, I ran a Twitter contest. You know, I just flat out asked people to follow us on Twitter. Sure, do some posts that, that also attract attention, but don't drive people to Mark Zuckerberg and the Twitter boys from your sidebar when you really want them to subscribe, right? And you don't know if, if they've subscribed or not. So it's a traffic leak, as Halpern would call it. So yeah, he was right about that. It hasn't affected anything on the social media side, but it certainly gives us a much cleaner and much more focused sidebar. More focused on the value we offer on our site as right. opposed to sending people away you know, to follow us somewhere else. Hey, Cluck, you got to take care of those traffic leaks. Yeah, that's what he said. Okay, is that right? Okay. He said you're taking a trip. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be for the after show. That'll be. Oh, the- right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, one last element here that we're noted. Well, th- there's a few things we could obviously talk about this for a long time, but um, I wanted. I did not want to miss the uh, footer, which is something that kind of gets thrown away a lot of times. And this is uh, I like how um, Rafal did this. It's it's similar to the past design in a couple of elements, but it's very, very clean. And yet it's also another opportunity after somebody has gone either through the homepage or through a lot of the content on the site to see what we do as a business. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot there, there are several people, including some of our good friends and business partners who use the footer real estate, you know, to just throw a ton of stuff in there. I mean, yeah, it's just it got popular for a like, long time overwhelming. I've never been a fan of that. You know, I just don't think that's what the bottom of the page is for. So yes, Rafal did retain his very elegant restatement of the logo in a, I'd say it's probably the same exact height as, no, it's actually a little bit taller than um, the top black area nav. But yeah, so it's just copy blogger on the left, and then you got the copy obligatory copyright notice. And, you know, people have been looking at footer links for years and years and years, especially in WordPress, because that's where attribution usually goes for themes and and other things. So yeah, it says powered by Genesis Scribe, Premise, and Synthesis for WordPress. And it's just really simple. Text Each only. One is linked, text only, you know more of a statement of fact than anything. But really, if someone's scrolling down and looking at that right lower level, they want to know what you're using to run your website. And we happen to be in the business of producing things to run websites on WordPress. So 
I think it's very simple and elegant, uh, but it, it probably has a positive effect when people are like, wait, what is all that stuff? Okay, any final thoughts on uh, the redesign of copyblogger.com? Well, you know, I mean, we're watching, learning, and testing as we go, as anyone should. So what we'll do is probably uh, do a show uh, in the spring and, you know, revisit uh, the results with hard data, but also talk about the tweaks that have been made in the interim, because as Rolf all knows, there (laughs) will be some. (laughs) He's waiting patiently. He's listening to this right now going, <laughs> all right, you guys, let's get out of here. Uh, to all of you that have made it this far with us, we give you our great thanks. This has been the final show of 2011. And yes, whether you want it or not, we will be back next year to bring it to you again. In the meantime, if this show has done something to you or for you, we'd love it if you got over to iTunes and left a comment or a rating there. Uh, thanks, everybody, uh, truly. And we'll see you next year. Ms. Simone, Mr. Clark, today you have truly begun to ring the bells of holiday cheer. (laughs) Thank you. You are insane. You really are.